Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and get ready for a little more sports talk, but of a different kind. We're going to be talking a little NHL and uh, maybe some other stuff, maybe some other wild card stuff. <laughs> Let's see your grab bag type of stuff, but mostly uh, mostly NHL today. I'm your host, as always, Matt Pierce, and joining me today is Craig Needles. How are you, Craig? Doing good. I'm excited. Getting, su- uh, getting Super Bowl fever yet? <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. A little yeah. bit. I was looking at some bets the other day. I took a long list at uh, who will be the first person whose voice is heard on the microphone in, in the halftime show, and that's a fun bet. So there's all sorts of good stuff going on. Oh, yeah, because they got the, the big Snoop- five-man lineup, don't they? Yeah, yeah, Snoop Dogg going up plus 200. I think that's the play. Yeah, that's not a bad one. Oh, God, I can't wait for that pot. That's going to be <laughs> so much fun. But, um, yeah, we're not uh, quite here to talk Super Bowl bets just yet. Maybe we talk a little Tom Brady retiring later. But uh, we're here to talk about uh, we've reached the unofficial and more or less kind of sort of official halfway point of the NHL season. Most teams uh, have played at least 41 games, save for like uh, Ottawa and, of course, the New York Islanders. Now, the Islanders with a little bit more of an excuse than the Ottawa Senators, but uh, uh, nevertheless, here here we are. Um yeah, it's it's we're we're at the halfway point, so I thought it'd be a good time to revisit, check in on on some of our teams, some of our predictions, and kind of what we got going on. But unfortunately, I think we got to start off uh, before before we get into that sort of goodness. We got to start off with a little bit of uh, badness, and dare I say, completely terribleness, Craig, because. Uh, Rocky Wirtz had uh, had had some 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 tings to say. Or not say, or move on from, uh, in his words, uh, the other day in I'll some sort of well, town yeah, hall. You, you, start, you, sum, you sum it up first, and then then I'll then I'll ask you the question. So well, it was who was it? it? Was Mark Lazarus, right? Who who asked him just straight up, "Hey, what are you guys doing to lately to to do that whole thing that you promised us about?" Uh, you know, making changes moving forward from the Kyle Beach situation and. Boy, Rocky Wirtz just went off, didn't he? <laughs> like, just old school, like just w- with the with the cadence of, I'm uh, I'm the rich white guy. I shelled out all my money, and I said I was sorry. What more do you want from me? Can't we forget about it and move on from this? Was it was basically the the except in, in so many words it is was that his his attitude towards the Kyle Beach question in this this weird town hall that I wasn't even necessarily sure of the the. I wasn't sure what this was supposed to accomplish in in the first place, right? Like, what what was this? This was supposed to be some sort of state of the union for the Chicago Blackhawks addressing how their terrible yeah, team like, is doing yeah, right now. How are things going, fans? Yeah, and, and it, that that's the part about it that is the most bewildering to me. A, I think it's the most bewildering comment I've ever heard from an executive of a pro sports team in my life. Yeah, and there's been a lot of them. B, uh, how did you not know that this was going to be a question? <laughs> Like I, you know, I don't know. Like how did you? How did you? If you're running an event, this is the first time you, Rocky Words, have speaking has spoken publicly since that lawsuit was settled. Since you had the whole newser with the the legal team, how did you not know that this was going to be something that was asked? And therefore, how were you not prepared for it? I I I, I am bewildered, bewildered by that. No, yeah, and like it, the worst part is the bit where like like Rocky's son tried to like interrupt him and say like, "Hey, Dad, maybe stop talking," and he like literally like hand checked him out of his seat. It was like, it, oh my god, it was bizarre, and just like, just 
effing sad. I hope this keeps people going because I don't know. Like, unfortunately, I don't have enough of a platform to do anything other than to, to come on here and be like, boy, the Blackhawks are really fucking up. And then go on Twitter and just retweet the people who have bigger platforms than me and, and make sarcastic tweets because it's, it's, it's just like. If if we let them get away with this, it's like stuff like this is never going to change because like the N- the NHL's problem or the NHL's strategy for this, like it will be with all things, is to just bury it and try to move on like nothing's happened, right? Like like eventually they're just going to be like, listen, if we get enough distance away from this, everybody will forget about it, and then we will, you know, we'll just never have to bring it up again. And I guess Rocky Wirtz thought that it was it, enough time had passed. I mean, it's been what a month and a half. Since we, like, I guess that was enough time in his eyes, and it's time time for the Blackhawks and their organization to move on, and it's just, like, fucking no, right? Like, God, so stupid. Ugh. It was, it was honestly shameful. It was honestly shameful. And then he yelled at some other dude, too, for, like, I, I forget the, the second guy's name. It was Mark Lazarus was the first guy, and the second guy's name uh, is currently escaping me, but... It, yeah, it, it, was, it was as bad as, as anything you're going to see. Yeah, it was as bad as anything you're going to see. And this is the part that I think is the most damning. And of course, it's all damning. But they said all the right things after in the wake of the Kyle Beach story. They said, "Okay, we're going to do this better. We're going to do that better. And we're going to, you know, blah, 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 blah. And you can tell from Rocky Wirtz being a toddler on that clip, they don't mean any of it. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, toddler. Yeah, he was acting like a toddler. And the the, the craziest part was his son tries to save him, and the son's first name escapes me at the moment, doesn't matter. His son tries to save him from what he was about to do. He cuts him off, and then Rocky's like, no, I'm going to going gave him the heisman <laughs> like yeah. just it continues to break mark lazarus mark lazarus is, is is a great reporter and i had a little bit of a twitter exchange with mark uh when gary bettman implied that mark lazarus should have been able to break the blackhawk scandal in 2010 when mark lazarus started on the, on the, the blackhawks beat in 2012 i believe mm-hmm. so um that was a, a a shitty thing for gary bettman to say as he often does say shitty things uh, and he's going to have another chance tomorrow because on Friday, the National Hockey League is going to make Gary Bettman available to reporters for All-Star Weekend, as they often, and it, well, I should say always do, and they should. Commissioners should do an All-Star news conference. It's kind of a state-of-the-league thing, kind of the halfway point of the season. Hey, how are things going? He's going to be asked about this, and his response, I'm already prepared for him to say, oh, it's fine now, you know, Rocky's apologized, and, you know, that bullshit. But it, it's going to be exactly that. Because Gary Batman doesn't care. He shouldn't be the NHL commissioner. And look, look, do you do what Adam Silver did to Donald Sterling, to Rocky Wirt? Like, is that something you can do? I think you have to consider it if this is the way things are going to go. Like, isn't that something you do? I, I, the thing, I mean, maybe, yeah, you, you've got to do something to, I mean, this is basically just as bad as what, as is, this is just as bad, or if not worse, than than what uh, Donald Sterling did for sure. And for Donald Sterling, it was a pattern that went on for years and years and years. Yeah. And Adam Silver and that's was just why they could get Sterling is because yeah. they've done it over and over and over again. But in this case, the cover up has lasted over a decade. Yeah. Uh, the other reason they got Sterling was because he was basically talking about how much he didn't like black people on tape. Yeah. And 
league is you know in the in the in the yeah in the league that is significantly more black than the other four right like, yes um so if the nhl was made up of 80 percent sexual assault victims yeah from, among players which thankfully it isn't obviously but if yeah. it was this is probably a different conversation but if the players a who have less power in the nhl and b who don't may not feel as identified with kyle beach as you know pick a random nba star would feel as identified with black people um, it, it just may not go the same way and be the same thing. So I, I don't know what they'll do. It'll probably dis- be disappointing, whatever it is. Uh, but I think that this is a situation where the this franchise is going to be tainted so long as the Wirtz family is involved, and I think the league is going to be tainted so long as um, so long as Gary Bettman's involved. Sorry, but that's just the way things are. No, I think you're 100 percent right. Bettman, Bettman's a joke, and the Arizona thing is crop creeping up again. Not to get off of another topic, but I mean, I mean, here we are yet again with the freaking Arizona Coyotes, who are going to be heading into a playing with with like sharing an arena next year with Arizona State, which isn't that like the all time great party school, Craig? <laughs> like, like so imagine imagine if you're well, you, you live in London. Imagine if you play for the London Knights, right? Imagine if you're 18 years old, Craig, and you play for the London Knights, and you're good enough uh, to be a top three pick, and because Arizona's likely going to have a top three pick, and you're sitting in front of, you're, you're playing in the London Knights, playing for the London Knights, and now, uh, granted, there's nobody allowed in the in the arenas right now, but under normal circumstances, if you were playing for the London Knights, you would be playing in front of eight, 9,000 people a game. And then you go to you, and then you're 18 years old, and you're good enough to get drafted. You go from the London Knights to the Arizona Coyotes, and you go from 9,000 people seated in OHL arenas to the freaking Arizona Coyotes, who are playing in an Arizona State building, and it seats a generous 5,000 people. But there's probably only going to be about 1,500 people in there, right? Like, yeah, unbelievable. Uh, Yeah, fucking joke. so you're you're like you know people might say oh well Pierce you're cherry picking when you're talking about the London Knights uh, because that's you know the biggest junior franchise in Canada which I, yeah. I believe it is but um, do the same with the Kitchener Rangers right like how many yeah, how many does the odds say I can find a lot of OHL teams that are outdrawing five thousand yeah you for know sure what I mean? uh, like not obviously in the last couple of years but if you go back to the eighteen nineteen season. And you just look at the average attendance in the OHL for that year. Um, four teams drew more than 5,000. Yeah. London, Kitchener, Oshawa, Niagara. You go to the WHL, and you're going to see something that's not dissimilar to that, which is, it's just, quite frankly, um, and if I'm a player, that those are the people who should be most pissed off, because here's why. From the owner's perspective, okay, we're doing an investment in the Arizona market, and maybe this pays off down the road helping our US TV deal, blah, 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 blah. Who cares? If you're a player, you're like, wait a minute. Why are we sacrificing hockey-related revenue, which is directly tied to the salary cap in this league? Why are we like messing around with hockey-related revenue in a place like Arizona, where right now I think they're bringing in a little over a half million a game, Right. Uh, that's a half million dollars per game. In Toronto, by the way, that figure is like three and a half, to just give you some context. Um, why are we messing around in a place like Arizona? We can go to Quebec City tomorrow, and that half million becomes, like Montreal, I think it's like in the high twos as far as like, you know, gate and merchandise and all that stuff per game. So Quebec City's not going to be Montreal, obviously. But let's just say Quebec City is 
half of Toronto or like, you know, Ottawa ish numbers. Why are we doing a half million dollars a game in Arizona and probably less when they move? Why are we doing that when during my career, which is going to last what 10, 11 years, we could be getting instead of, you know, from gate, you're talking, you know, $20 million in Arizona, we could be getting 45, 50, $60 million in Quebec city. Why are we doing this? What is how this is directly hurting my earnings potential in my career. So I don't understand how the NHLPA should be okay with this. And they won't. And be, because, and you said it, like how many guys in the NHLPA played their junior hockey in Spokane, Washington or Portland, Oregon, or Regina, Saskatchewan, and think to themselves, wait a minute, why am I p- playing in front of fewer people in Phoenix, Arizona, than I did in the places that I just mentioned? Or London, Ontario, or Kitchener, Ontario, or, you know, Ramouski, Quebec. You, you, you or even play- some of the other universities in the States, like BU, and Massachusetts, yeah. and Wisconsin, and stuff like that, right? Yeah, like, this there- is the part that bugs me, too, is the Arizona State hockey program is a really cool story, I think. It's a really cool story that, hey, yeah, there's a hockey program at Arizona State. There's an Arizona State Sun Devils hockey team. Yeah. That's incredible. Really cool. Yeah, I agree. Couldn't agree more. And and, and like and and like we're we're Canadian like I mean I mean we're, this is a Canadian podcast obviously most of the time it would be because we're talking about the fucking NHL but like and I'm a guy who is a transplanted Colorado Avalanche fan because I used to cheer for the Quebec Nordiques growing up and they moved to they moved to Colorado and I said well all my favorite players are already there so I'm not switching allegiances to a Canadian team I'm just going to go with this new Colorado team and that has worked out to some success and to some lean years and more recently into a pretty decent amount of success but uh, at least regular season wise um, and. I would like to see the Nordiques come back, but I fully understand that Quebec itself is not a great viable option compared to some of the other places like, say, your Kansas Cities or your Houston's or or wherever, USA, right? I agree with that to a point. Yeah. To a point. Um, Here's why Quebec to me is the viable option. Some of those other places, you might need a little bit of a run-up to get excited, to get the big season ticket base going, all this stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. In Quebec City, you've got that all set up tomorrow. And that's yeah. why when the Thrashers were drowning, Gary didn't say, all right, maybe it's time to try out Houston or maybe it's time to try out Kansas mm-hmm. City. He's like, no, we just, to, we've got to solve this problem and make it so it's not a mess. We've got to go to Winnipeg because we know it'll work. Yeah, but even then, he didn't want him to go to Winnipeg because no, we all remember really? the famous clip of him. Like, like I can't remember, like, somebody was, there were two teams playing a playoff game and Gary was in the stands and Gary wasn't even watching the game. He was looking at his Blackberry and shaking his head like he was pissed off about something. And then we were all like, whoa, geez, he's like visibly upset. Like the body language on Bettman was awful. And then two minutes later, we get tweets blowing up that it's like, like, oh, yeah, the Thrashers are doing the uh, – they're, they're on the Mayflower, and they're on their way to freaking Winnipeg. And yeah, Bettman was me, pissed off. It, to me, I think he would have been pissed off about the fact that he had to move the team at all. Yeah. But he knew that once, okay, the Thrashers are done, he just knew that that fire had to be put out. And he couldn't just be like, all right, we're just going to, like, you know, swoop, swoop into here to Houston or, or swoop in here to, uh, to, uh, to Kansas City. 
because he was aware that, okay, we've got to go a place where this is just like, it's going to be good. It's going to be fine right away. I don't have to worry about this anymore. Okay. We've got a billionaire in Winnipeg who wants a team. Let's just do that. And he's willing to eat like $10 million a year. (laughs) Like, right. Well, well, there's, you know, it's, there's all sorts of things they can do. Here's what I think they should do. And I've said this about, I said this about the Arizona slash Phoenix coyotes 15 years ago. And I said this about the Nashville Predators when that was a mess and all this stuff. Um, and the Nashville franchise, to be, to be fair, is a, is a good one. And I've uh, yeah, they but, turned it around, but it was bleak yeah, there the for time, a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't even the on ice product that was bleak, and that was the troubling part about it. Yes, it, exactly. Wait a minute, the team is good, and you still can't make money. But they they figured that out. Anyway, um, to me, what you should do is what Major League Baseball did when the Expos flamed out, which is all right person who owns the team you are selling that team to us right now you're selling that team to us for this number of dollars and then as the nhl you say okay we've got a team here and you can put it wherever you want and we're gonna need like in the bidding starts at 600 million dollars so the league profits off of it you don't get quite as much as you would from an expansion fee because you um obviously you have to pay whoever owns the coyotes but basically you turn uh, a franchise worth a hundred and something million dollars into 600 million bucks real quick and that is how you do it that's how it should be done and i think it's entirely conceivable that if they did this the best offer would be from quebec city because that is the least risky place to go because who knows how hockey is going to go in houston who knows how hockey is going to go in kansas city and what I keep saying about U.S. markets that are non-traditional markets, this is a little bit different than Kansas City, but non-traditional markets, is the places where it's really worked out and been really good. San Jose, California, right? Yep. It's been really good in Las Vegas. That's, yep, that's I was going to say, Las really, Vegas. Yeah, really, really good in Las Vegas. It has been really good in the places where the NHL went – that the other big four leagues were either missing a team or missing a couple teams or didn't have any teams at all, right? Because San Jose is in the Bay Area, but San Jose, like the Sharks are the only team in the city of San Jose. So if you want to go see a Niners game, you can. It's not a far drive. If you want to go see a Warriors game, you can. It's not a crazy drive, but the Sharks are the only team in San Jose. In Vegas, the NHL was the first league there, and they get a lot of credit for that. They probably should have gone sooner, Yeah. right? Absolutely. Uh, and stunning that it was just because of all the gambling stuff, right? That was yeah. keep it was all the gambling stuff was keeping the, the big four out, which is hilarious because, you know, now, like they're literally doing the, the all-star games this weekend and they're literally going to be shooting pucks at cards, making 21 and stuff. And remember, remember back when Vegas was first starting and they wouldn't let them name the team, the, like the aces or the gamblers or whatever. Yeah. Cause they were like, no, we can't. Uh, and, and now it's like, you know, the NHL draft presented by DraftKings, Right. And so I don't know what the like like i can't believe nobody had the foresight right like oh there's money in gambling yeah a while to figure that out Uh, but if you look at some of the other quote-unquote non-traditional markets that they've gone to and had some success it's typically been placed nashville's a good example of places where the other big four sports at least some of them haven't quite got there yet whereas if you look at florida Whereas if you look at Carolina and the other big four sports are there and beat you there, 
although they lost their basketball team for but not, not, that's not a big deal but those have been the places that haven't worked out quite as well those have been uh, Minnesota kind of goes against the grain here but Dallas I think it's fair to say hasn't worked out quite as well as some of those other places yeah the franchise has been good on the ice generally but as far as hey this is like kind of an elite marquee franchise it's not quite like the Sharks it's not quite like the Golden Knights it's true so I think that if you're the league you don't want to like and, and hey they probably will go to Houston I'm not saying they won't but if I'm the NHL that's not quite what I want to do I want to go somewhere either in Canada or somewhere in the United States where perhaps they're, they're, the big four isn't quite all the way there. So maybe it is Kansas City because they don't have a basketball team. So if you look, there's a pretty big chunk of the year where there's no Chiefs football and no Royals baseball. So you kind of try to win that chunk of the year. Uh, it's not a huge chunk of the year, but it, that chunk of the year exists. So maybe that's something that you're doing, but I just... I keep coming back to if I was a player, I want it to be Quebec City because I think that will have the biggest impact on the rising salary cap. Because if I'm a player, I'm concerned about what's the salary cap look like in five years, not, hey, how did the league's financial outlook look when we negotiate a TV deal, three TV deals from now in 20, you know, 2034. Like, I don't give a fuck about 2034 if I'm in the league right now. I care quite a bit about 2024, though. So that's what I would want them to do if I were a player. We'll see. Can they move the Arizona Coyotes in the dead of the night without, you know, like Bettman's approval and that sort of a thing like they did with the Thrashers? No, they can't do that. But, uh, like, Bettman approved the Winnipeg thing because he knew he had no choice. True. But, yeah, he did it after he literally was, like, (laughs) caught on. And then, again, there there were two very infamous things of that happening. One, I mentioned it earlier, him visibly upset. I want to say the Habs were, like, playing the Bruins or something, and he was at that game. At that playoff game, or maybe it was like maybe it was Crosby and uh, Washington were playing each other in the first round, and he was there and just was visibly upset. On I'm pretty sure you can find that clip on YouTube. And then there was the press conference the day after where he said selling forty thousand season tickets or whatever or whatever the number was. He said that about nineteen different times throughout the press conference that they had to sell this like four thousand season tickets, four thousand season tickets, four thousand season tickets. He said it like about a zillion times, and every time he said that number of season tickets it got increasingly more venomous right like it, it it was just oh it was bad so like i don't know like so you're saying like yeah and then they sold out like instantly yeah like 10 what seconds it, like it was like wrestlemania <laughs> like like yeah, the wrestlemania like, you basically have a two minute window to get your tickets to wrestlemania yeah. right like yeah you're you're on the waiting list now yeah okay, great like it, it it lasted it lasted less than an hour so yeah i don't understand that's why they went there it's because mm-hmm. other cities, you have to do the drive because they're not as thirsty for hockey as a place that had a team and lost it. And we've seen the Winnipeg thing go pretty well. So I, I don't know. I'm not saying they will go to Quebec City. All I'm saying is from a business perspective, there are reasons why that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And so you were saying they can't do the thing where they pick up and move in Arizona without like... No, they can't. Oh, they, they can. Like you, 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 can, you, don't, you, you need Batman's approval. Yeah. But basically, it would be... The, the commissioner would have to essentially say, all right, this is an emergency. I don't think they'll do that. I think that if the team moves, it'll be, all right, this team gets sold back to the league. And then the league uh, then makes a decision as far as how that's going to go. I just, if you're the NHL, and maybe this is a negotiating play, we'll see. But if you're the NHL, can you say you're a serious league when one of your teams plays in a 4,000 seat rink? Like, and, and the other part of this that we're not, haven't even mentioned yet 
is the Coyotes' plan is, oh, yeah, and then we're going to get a nice rink built in Tempe, and it's going to be an NHL-sized ring, and everything's going to go good. Yeah, that... easier said than done, because you've been dealing with this shit in Glendale for 15 years, right? So, like, you know, you can all talk, oh, yeah, we're just going to get this rink built. Well, that's that's pretty difficult. Like, let's just not talk about that like it's an easy step. So we'll know more a month from now than we do now, but he's going to get a lot of questions about, hey, Gary, do you think it's a good thing if a team's playing in front of 4,000 people every night? And he's going to have to, you know, put a positive spin on it, and he's going to look stupid, but there's no other way it's going to go. That actually might be one of the biggest revelations of this whole thing is that it's actually pronounced Tempe and not Tempe like I've been doing for the first 30 years of my life. That was a total mind blower when that happened. I was like, what? What the hell is Tempe? Uh, but yeah, man, it's it's bizarre. I don't understand Gary's weird fascination or loyalty to Arizona. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I mean, if I wanted to go full conspiracy, Matt, Craig, I would just say that and I say this as a man who is not a Toronto Maple Leafs hater or looking for an excuse to, you know, incite panic amongst Leafs Nation. But, I mean, is there not a world where Gary Bettman massages Austin Matthews going to Arizona to potentially save How? that franchise? I don't know. Maybe he just, Let's maybe, he, maybe he locks him in a room and says, you're going to Arizona. Like, I need you to save this team. You, you hometown boy. I don't know. I don't know. I, but I, like, I, so you're talking about the Arizona Coyotes, a team that will at that point still be playing in a rink of 4,000 people. Yeah. By the Matthews Braden. They will have, they, a, they will be able to offer him like, 16 million per, I guess, is, yeah. is the thing. They'll have that advantage, <laughs> can, I guess. And, and can they pay one player 16 million per if they're yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, you got me there, Craig. I'm just saying. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> I can say they can offer him the contract, you know. <laughs> in a financial bidding war where against the Toronto Maple Leafs, yep. the team in the NHL, where the Leafs have a financial structural advantage where they can offer an eighth year. Mm. I have very, very hard time. Very hard time believe. Now, is Austin Matthews going to stay? Who knows what's going to happen next two and a half years? Yeah. I don't know. You know, like if, if maybe the Leafs win the Stanley Cup this year or next year or whatever, and he's like, yeah, I just want to stay here and be a career Leaf, yep. and everything goes great. Or maybe a bunch of shit goes wrong. Who knows? I have no idea what's going to happen. But what I do know is that the scenario where he leaves for Arizona becomes less and less likely each time we hear more about this plan. It sure does. A, because right. there won't, they're, 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 it's starting to look like there may not even be a team there. And B, again, can a franchise that, like, so the Leafs make three something, 3.1 or $3.2 million per home game in yeah. gate and consistent and all that stuff. Yeah, when people are so, allowed in the building, imagine, it's they very much rely on the Leafs having gate this entire league, yeah. for sure. The Leafs and the Habs, yes. they need those two teams to have gate. Yes, they do. So they make that. Can a team that is going to be making maybe if things go really well, half a million dollars a game, get into a financial bidding war against Toronto Maple Leafs? I don't know. Like I just, I, I just, I just don't see it. There are scenarios where this happens, but like, oh, Austin Matthews goes home to Arizona. Like I said, every time we hear more about that franchise, it becomes less and less likely. So I, I, I. To me, like, is Austin Matthews going to stick around? Like, that, that's going to be a storyline probably after this season, unless the Leafs do really well. The Leafs can't sign him to an extension until July 1st of 2023, and then he'd be a free agent in July of 2024. 
So there's a little bit of time between now and then, obviously. We'll see how it goes. But um, I I just don't think that's like it's a it's a lost cause, Gary. Uh, it's, it's just it just yeah, it's a lost cause. Give it up. Yeah, I don't know. If we had any other commissioner, this this team would have moved a decade ago, right? Like it's yeah. It's... Here's the thing. I'll give I'll give Batman a little bit of credit on this, and I I'm, I'm loath to do that, as you know. Yeah. But something Gary Batman says is I like, and and this is something that happened after sort of the the first few years of his tenure when you lose Hartford and you lose Quebec City and you lose Minnesota and you lose Winnipeg, and that was a really rough first few years for him on the job, and he said, I don't like this. I don't like when franchises move. I'm, I'm loath to have that happen. So he had those four in the first, I think, five years that he was a commissioner. So he became commissioner in 93. Uh, since then, since that happened, he's had one. So he's had one in 25 years now almost. Yeah, and he's expanded so, to, you know, some pretty nice teams like Seattle, even though they're not having yeah. a great season. They're they're good. And then the Vegas yeah, thing yeah, has been that's, nothing that's, but a success. Yeah. Vegas has been a, a huge success of one of the league's marquee franchises. Yeah. Um, but to, I think it's, it's to his credit that he says, I just hate the idea of franchises moving. I don't like it. And I think that's a good I think that's a, a good quality to have in a commissioner. I want to look for other things as opposed to we're going to threaten to move franchises all the time. Mm-hmm. That being said, if Eugene Melnick called up Gary and said, oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to spend four years playing in the Gatineau Olympics uh, rink across the way where the capacity is, you know, whatever, 6,000 or whatever. The Ottawa Senators are probably like forced up for sale the next day. So I, I'm willing to acknowledge that he fights harder for these U.S. markets. And I get why Canadian fans might say, oh, screw that. Like he he had he had no problem letting Quebec City go. And he had no problem letting the Jets go the first time. I understand that. I just think that the last 25 years, his track record has been, hey, we're going to try really, really hard to keep every franchise where it is. And with the with one exception, in which he had no choice, and it was the right choice, to be clear. Um, they've done that. So I don't think he wants to add another move to the ledger here. He's going to try really, really hard to avoid that. Um, and I don't blame the fans in Arizona necessarily. No one should. Uh, the team has been mostly bad since it's been there. It's been mostly um, in a really a real financial mess. The rink situation's never been figured out. You've either had the rink at America West Arena where the Suns were playing. That was not a hockey rink. Uh, a lot of the fans couldn't see a whole bunch of the action. That was a problem. Then you go out to Glendale, which is really far away from just about anything else. So if you're the Arizona Cardinals, you can do something in Glendale because you play once a week and it's on Sundays. You can have a stadium in Glendale and it's fine. If you're going to play 40 home games, you can't do Glendale. It just doesn't work. So it's to me... It's just never been given a real chance, but the, 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 the earth may have been salted is my concern. And I do acknowledge that the Phoenix Coyotes slash Arizona Coyotes never existed. The Leafs probably don't have their best player right now. I acknowledge that is definitely a thing. So that's something to consider here. But uh, it's just uh, it's just at some point you just got to say, OK, we're, we're, we're not doing this anymore. We're done with this. 
yeah. I mean, let's let's move along. Let's talk about some good teams. Um, I mean, I guess now is a good time as ever. We're about a half hour, and so now is a good time as ever to switch to um, the Toronto Maple Leafs discussion. Everybody uh, around here is going to want to hear some of that. Um, you're the resident Toronto Maple Leafs expert. Currently uh, top five in points percentage, third place in the Atlantic Division, uh, although they got some games in hand. Uh, I mean, this is right now it's shaping up that the Leafs are just going to have yet another damn good season, Craig, but they might end up playing Tampa Bay in the first round. Yeah. <laughs> like just the, the two time uh, defending the Stanley best. cup champions. I mean, I, this we can is get the best. Half, this is the best half season. I think the maybe oh, second best half season the Leafs have had in my lifetime. Is Other it? than the, yeah. Like Other in actuality or just in, yeah. in terms of enjoyment for you to watch. <laughs> No, uh, not in, at all in terms of enjoyment. I'll tell you that much right now. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah. certainly in terms of actuality, like in the in the ninety three ninety four season, a season in which they they were coming off a conference finals appearance and they went to the conference finals again that season. They won their first ten games of the season. They won yeah. ten in a row to start the year, and they were kind of like rolling the whole way. Um, it was just an, an elite team through the whole regular season. I went to one game that year, and my favorite player scored a hat trick. Like it was nice. Uh, nice. Uh, like, oh, okay, this is this is going pretty good. Um, but that and, and that was a, a really good team. At least, although they did not wind up winning their division because there was a super elite Detroit Red Wings team that wound up finishing ahead of them. Detroit gets upset by a not-so-good San Jose Sharks team in the first round of the playoffs, and the Leafs wind up being the benefactors. Nonetheless, um, this is a situation where this is the best. You could not have hoped for better in the regular season if you're a league fan. You literally could not have hoped for better in any metric. Campbell's been one of the league's best goalies. Uh, Matthews is third in the league in scoring, and I think there's a very, very good chance that he winds up winning the Rocket Richard again. Yeah, that Kreider uh, just won't stop. What's up with that? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I think I know who I want to bet on over the next forty games. Put it that yeah. way. Um, yeah, yeah, Kreider's on a little I, bit of a I, scoring heater for sure. And that that yeah. Rangers team is—I don't want to say fraudulent, but they're they're very goalie yes. dependent. And the numbers definitely back that up, which is yeah. like. But here's the thing, though: like, are they one of the eight best teams in the East? Even if you remove the goaltending aspect. Yeah, they are, and we can get into that because we're yeah, halfway through this season. To have eight good teams and eight bad. Yeah, teams. we're halfway through this season, and we know exactly who the eight playoff teams are for the. And we've known for about like three weeks now, which is insane. Anyway, yep. we will talk about that in a second. Continue with the Leafs there. Yeah, so uh, here's the thing, and the reason why I say it, you, you know you you enjoy the wins, and and I think that any Leaf fan who's saying, well, I don't know if they're going to do anything in the playoffs, like, yeah, you don't know. But the best you can do is hope for the team to be in as good a position as you can get going into the playoffs. And you hope that uh, that they continue to, to rack up some wins, rack up some numbers in the meantime. So you should enjoy what you've seen so far. They're on pace to get 120 goddamn points. I think that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, like that's really, really good. Um, and, and you have to worry about the April games in April. Because, well, I don't know if they're going to win in the playoffs yet. Well, guess what? It's January or February now, I should say. So there's literally no way to possibly know. So just, you know, win the, win the February games in February, and we can talk about April and April. And that's been the issue with this group. Piling up regular season points is not an issue with this group. They're going to continue to do that. We'll see if they can finally have something go their way in the playoffs. So maybe John Tavares plays more than three minutes of the next playoff series. You know, like these are things that could happen. Yeah. 
So uh, a little bit like Marner's on an absolute heater right now. And and one of the things that's helped the Leafs have a record as good as it is, is that the shooters were in a slump in November and December and Campbell just was on a heater. And then sort of that first half of December, then second half of December in January, Campbell and Mrazic were okay, not particularly great. Uh, but then just it felt like every week there was someone else who was on like a, a, a shooting percentage uh, heater, whether it was Matthews, who's usually on one. Uh, right now it's Marner, who scored in seven games in a row. Uh, but there's always someone who was – it was Nylander for a while. There's always someone who was kind of on a heater. So th- the fact that you have had the heaters sort of spread out over the year between Campbell and then various shooters, you know, if, if Campbell and various shooters are on their heater at the same time, you're still only getting two points a night, but you're getting two points every night almost if there's always someone who's kind of, you know, you know, firing on all cylinders. So they've been a little bit lucky from that way. But if you look at the possession metrics, if you look at just about anything, they've been one of the best teams in the league. I think they need a defenseman a little bit, but the new pairing set they've got where they're going to be they're, right now, they're playing Sandine and Hall. And then when he comes back, it'll be Muzzin and Lilligren. Uh, the underlines, small sample size to be clear. The underlines look really good there. The underlines in the top pair of Riley, uh, Riley and Brody look fantastic. So there's all this talk about how they need a defenseman, and I, 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 if they go get one, great. But I don't know if it's something you have to have to do. What I don't want is them burning first round picks on character players again, like they did with the Felino thing. That was inexcusable. Yeah, but I'm now that said, Felino. I mean, well, he, he was hurt. I yeah, he, he was hurt. hurt. He he I, missed like three of the seven games, right, against the Habs or something like that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And, and when he when he got back, he was not even close. No, no. And yeah, he was. But here's what, the thing: two the steps slow. That, yeah, the fact that Felino wasn't playing particularly well, uh, or or was hurt, that wasn't the problem with the trade. The trade was that was not made because you wanted to go out and get the best guy. That trade was made because oh, you want to add grit and character and blah blah blah. I think that you could put together a pretty good argument that I would rather trade a second round pick for Taylor Hall and see where the chips fall than I would trade a first round pick for Nick Felino. I understand they thought Felino filled the need or whatever it was, but like, you know, just get the better guy. Is my yeah. opinion. And he might've, if he had the chance, but his back was just so jacked up. Unfortunately, it was, it for, was, the, right? his groin. It was his groin. groin. Sorry. Yeah. And, yeah. and here's the thing, the other thing with Felino and, and, and again, this, it does not help the way the trade looks. Uh, if you look at the Boston Bruins situation this year, uh, Felino has scored one goal. Yeah. And like it just, and, and, and that's all of a sudden a contract where you're like, Oh man, they owe that guy 3.8 next year. You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? Like guys like him who play that style, it just, it it, it goes pretty quick is what I will say. I'm not saying he's, he's, he does a bunch of other stuff other than put the puck, put the puck in the net. I'm not saying that he's a, he's a useless player, but, but that is a contract where the Bruins could not trade that deal right now. No chance, no chance. No, absolutely not. Um, so yeah, you mentioned like, I, there's definitely going to be an ad for the Leafs at the deadline. Um, are you worried about the, the, I mean, it was a little bit overblown when, um, Oh, what's his face from the Blues? J- uh, Justin Falk of the Blues was like, "Would you go to Toronto?" And he's like, "God no," or whatever. Right now, he wasn't saying "God no" in terms he wasn't of. Well, that's about Toronto. That's about being traded to a Canadian team in general. In general, right? Yeah. But he just meant in terms of I don't want to deal with the COVID nonsense that's going on because we're we're a lot stricter up here, and and hope we're hopefully we're getting a little bit more relaxed up here. But here's what I'll say to that: a lot of NHL writers talking about that. Here's what I will say: today is February the third. 
The NHL's trade deadline is March the what is it this year? Some some mid to late March date. The situation in Canada will look vastly different in the middle of March than it does right now. Vastly different. So I'm not expecting NHL players to be epidemiologists. March 21st is the March 21st. There you go. I should know that. It's my mom's birthday. Uh, All I'm saying is that if a player is making that decision on March 19th, do I want to waive my no trade to go to Canada? The world is going to look, and Canadian public health restrictions will look a lot different than, than they do now. Significantly different. So I'm not terribly stressed about that may it couldn't be harder to make a deal right now yeah perhaps but i uh i'm not terribly stressed about uh about that particular situation yeah that being said um a place like edmonton where like the leafs have never really had a whole big problem convincing someone to wave to come to toronto even when they weren't very good like okay whatever i'll go play for the leafs a place like edmonton yeah, that's so, that. Like, even when things are going good, sometimes it's a difficult conversation to get someone to come play there, just because you know it's far away from everything. Blah blah blah. So maybe it tips the scales there a little bit, because really there's only three Canadian teams that this matters for, right? This matters for the two Alberta teams and the Leafs, because Ottawa's not bringing people in in all likelihood. Montreal is like they're sending people out; they're not bringing people in. Like anyone that Montreal is acquiring is not going to have a no trade clause. Same thing with uh, the Senators. Like I said, I suspect Vancouver is going to be sending people out, not necessarily bringing people in. So really, it's just the two Alberta teams in Toronto that are going to be adding. Um, so I, I, I don't think I'd be. I'm not losing sleep over that. Put it that way. I think that they'll they'll be able to go get the one guy they need. I just what I have zero interest in is Ben Chirot because he's just not not the right fit no yeah i was gonna say ben trap but i mean like and the justin falk thing you know that's coming from justin falk um playing for the st louis blues currently in the first wild card slot in the western conference right like that's not not, he's not getting traded yeah that's yeah that's not role player x on the arizona coyotes who the leafs could use right like exactly sort of a thing justin falk thing somewhat ironically if you said to the Oilers, Flames, or Leafs, oh, Justin Falk's on waivers, what do you think? I think they'd yeah. all take a look at that contract and be like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> yeah, for you sure. Know, like, yeah. no thanks on that. Like, that's a lot of money for a long time. No thank you. What do you make of, I mean, because this will be about like the third or, f- I mean, I guess not last year that the Leafs didn't really get hosed on this, but in the past they've no, gotten that's hosed. Why they can't that that to me is why you can't complain about it now. Is like did they get like the two years when like the mm-hmm. Leafs were a four seed and played and, the two seed Bruins. Yeah, that was bullshit. That was bullshit. But yeah. like you can't like after you got Montreal last year, you can't ask for a better draw than that. Yeah, you know, and, like and, you, I just you 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 forfeited your right. Like it's shitty. I'm not disputing that, mm-hmm. but you forfeited your right to complain about that. That being said. If you're looking at the Eastern Conference standings right now, just like, so look at those top eight teams. Like I said, we know who the eight teams are. Yeah. Who do you want if you're the Leafs? I think, the, here's, here's, I think the Capitals is the team you probably uh, yeah, want. Yeah, I but... guess so. But like, you know, that's a team with a bunch of guys that have won before. Yeah. Just like Tampa is, just like Pittsburgh is. Like maybe the answer is the Rangers, but then you're dealing with Shesterkin, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't 
Actually, it's pro- yeah, it's, it's probably the Rangers on paper, but then, yeah, it's the exa- you'd be in the exact same scenario you were at last year against Montreal where it's like, we're clearly yeah. better than these guys, but they have the hot goaltender, so yeah. gripes, and, and I right? I will say, to, to Campbell's credit, he, he kind of matched Price almost save for save in that series, but yeah. Montreal just got the goals and they needed them. Um, yeah. But yeah, if, yeah if Campbell Price had the one up, bad goal in Game 7 yeah. that he let in against Gallagher, right? That was the, yeah. the only whoopsie he really Price had. put up a 9.30 whatever, Toronto yeah. probably wins series in five and i'll go uh, yeah you know what i mean they probably win that series in five yeah so, i'm both i had him in i had him in a sweep <laughs> when we made our yeah, playoff predictions if, i had leaves in a sweep make that throw ball save on marner in game one with that when marner had that slap shot that was labeled the top corner and price gets yeah blocker that doesn't happen in one one game in the third period like, yeah that might be a leaf sweep I mean, I'm, we're, we're, yeah, I know we're, we're staring at it. I'm staring at it right now. And you're right. I, I was thinking about it all. Like, I mean, cause you the can art... say they got screwed on the draw all you want, but like, yeah, they're good teams in the East. Everyone's good. Yeah, exactly. You like, know what I mean? like so, the team, like... the team that is closest to the playoffs to the last. So Boston has the second wild card right now. They are nine, uh, nine points clear with four games in hand of the Detroit uh, Red Wings, who will not be sniffing a playoff spot, and more to that point, the team with the best odds that isn't in a spot right now is the Islanders, and they're yeah. less, less than ten percent per money puck, just because the Islanders have a bunch of extra games left. Yeah, but because of the nonsense with their arena. Yeah, but here's the other thing with the Islanders that is a little bit troubling: is they're not a good team. They don't have any good players. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they probably need to trade one of their two goaltenders to uh, yeah, to do things. Yeah, they need a lot of stuff. If you look at yeah, like, and here's the thing I, I saw, and there's I follow a few Islanders fans on Twitter. If you, if you look at their cap friendly page, mm-hmm. and like, oh, okay, well, you know, we'll rebuild in the summer. What's your plan for the summer, guys? Yeah, like this is kind of your team. Like go back, go back two years and not make the Devin Taves trade. Maybe <laughs> I don't remember the the, great the idea, but sadly, time machines don't exist. Yeah. This is me off. Oh, the Leafs would be better off in a better spot right now if they they just kept Lou Lamorello. Yeah, Lou Lamorello gave away Devon Taves for a song. Like, yeah, exactly because he needed he's to keep get goddamn Norris votes. Yeah, he. Song. Yeah, I, 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 the thing I keep saying with the Avalanche right now is Nathan McKinnon, who's widely considered a top three player in this league. I'm like Nathan McKinnon isn't even the best player on the Avalanche, and the guy who is the best player on the Avalanche isn't even the best defenseman on the Avalanche. And it's like, oh man, it's, yeah, it's a good team with a bunch of good players on it. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and here's the thing. I know I thought, well, why didn't the least go get Devon Devon Taves if that was available? Like Lou Lamorello was not making that deal with Kyle. No, Davis. absolutely that not. Was no, not an option that was available to Kyle. No, so he was sending Devon Taves away, and like, like so. And this is what I what I've said about that trade: the two picks, the two Colorado picks that they got, the two seconds. Yeah, one of them went to Arizona in the Andrew Ladd salary dump. The other. So is not going to go to Arizona in the Anderlad salary dump because the Islanders said, oh, yeah, you can have whichever one of our two second round picks is better. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the Colorado pick is going to be not quite as good as the Islander pick in the second round. Yeah. I have to quite my life. So it was essentially you gave away more to and plus there's a third round pick that Arizona gets if, if Ladd uh, uh, gets bought out this summer, which I'm sure he will. So you gave away more to get out of the Andrew Ladd mess two years of it, by the way, not that much than you got to send Devon Taves to Colorado. Like how, like if that was in Toronto, 
that would be a constant story. Yet, well, Lou's the best. No, Lou is not the best. And if you look at some of the contracts that are on the roster, well, they didn't have enough money for Taves. Okay, don't sign Kyle Palmieri then. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing is he he had the three defensemen, yeah. right, that he had to make a decision to get rid of one of them, and he has chosen wildly wrong at this point, yeah, right? Yeah, he like, chose poorly. Like, yeah. so, like, here's the thing. Pelican and, 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 and Pollock, they're, 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 they're good players. I don't know if I would have signed them to eight-year contracts, but whatever, they're good players. Um, but, like, you can have three defensemen who make, you know, between five and six million dollars. You can do that. Like, that's, that's allowed. So instead of, say, oh, I don't know, having two goalies making more than four million dollars, maybe assign Taves. Instead of the Pajot trade where you gave away a first and a second to Ottawa, maybe assign Taves and then you sign Peugeot for a, a whole bunch of money. Like there are ways you could have done this and you have elected not to. So yeah, I don't want to hear any more about, well, the Leafs should have kept Lou. Like be serious. No. Yeah. That's, I, that's, I don't know what it is right now, but I mean, like it's insane to stare at the, at the, the, the eight teams in the Eastern conference. And we've known this probably even three weeks prior to us, like, um, like yep. nearly a month ago, we knew we, we, it was locked in, signed, sealed, delivered. And now the order may change based on the next three months of the season, but yeah, they're, they're, we know the eight playoff teams signed, sealed, delivered right now. And the only one of our preseason predictions, Craig, we got seven of eight because we had the exact same eight just in different kind of orders. Uh, the only one we missed on was I said uh, the Islanders instead of the Rangers. And then you said the Islanders instead of Carolina. I think so. We were both big on the uh, we were both big on the Islanders, and I did not uh, think that goaltending would hold up in Carolina. And it's been Frederick really Anderson, good. man. <laughs> what do you say? Yeah. I didn't think that was going to hold up, but here we are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I. Uh, it's but yeah, as I said, and getting back to sort of where we we started this particular portion of the conversation, the Leafs can like in those previous years, like the two Boston years. Yeah. Like the Leafs had a legitimate beef about draw. That there are some yeah. crappy teams made the playoffs that year, and the Leafs, like in the in the old four or five matchups, would have got would have got kind of a juicy little fifth seed matchup, and they would have been in a real nice spot. So yeah, there were some crappy teams that made the playoffs those years. So the Leafs had a beef then because they played a very 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 good Boston team, and they played them the third period of Game Seven in both series. So yeah. the idea that well the Leafs full on the pressure, I don't know, two two good teams played and it went to the third period of Game Seven both times. Yeah, it sucks the Leafs lost. But the the Montreal and Columbus ones uh, a little bit less so that way. The Columbus one though, if you look at Jonas Corpusalo putting up a nine fifty eight or whatever stupid number it was, in yeah, five games, and that was a shortened season the, too. The, yeah. the ultimate fluke, yeah, the ultimate fluke, and if, like of course he's been lousy ever since. But um, yeah, they they have they, they there's. There's no space to complain about your first round matchup this year, no matter how well you do, because you're probably you're going to be facing someone threatening, no matter how this goes. And and maybe the team that's the least threatening, at least for now, is the Bruins. That being said, I think that Boston makes a bit of a push at the deadline here, yeah. because I don't know what the I don't know what the Bergeron clock looks like, but it may be ticking down here. And if that's the case, you got to make one last push with him in the lineup. So. I'm not exactly sure what this looks like, but um, I, I want them to win the division just to sort of maximize their chances of avoiding the Tampa Bay Lightning. But if they don't, then all right, let's see. You know, I think I think your best case scenario is from where I'm sitting. Your best case scenario is 
uh, I mean, I guess your division. best case scenario is win, win the division, the division and, get and get Washington or get Boston in the first round. And then yep. your your that's, worst that's, case that's, scenario that's, that's, is Tampa, to be clear. Yeah, your worst your worst case scenario is probably home ice against Tampa, right? Like that's yeah. Yeah. that's that probably your worst case scenario. It's not going to be a picnic no matter how this goes. But, yeah, yeah, you don't want to start Tampa. But it's not going to be a picnic no matter how it goes. And they just got to go win a goddamn series. That's Yeah. And that, they, they have to do that no matter what. So the East, like we've said, there's a whole bunch of good teams. Um, and, and we'll see how those good teams look going forward here, the, the second half of the season. But I will say this. There isn't a team where I'm like, oh, man, the Leafs would be done if they played those guys. The Leafs may not beat everybody, obviously. No, but yeah. I, feel, I, I feel good about their their chances in a seven game series against everyone that they're either a coin flip or better. You know. Yeah, I th- I, th- I think that's safe to say. But I, I <laughs> we could pretty much say that for all of the Eastern Conference and teams. It's just the way it that's is, right? I yeah. But I, I definitely understand why some teams like and, and look maybe the Rangers finishing that wild card spot. I I I wouldn't want to mess around with them. And then the Pittsburgh thing, like. You hope that Tristan Jari melts down like he did against the Islanders last year. Yeah, but if that doesn't happen, like he's going to win comeback player, isn't he? Even like, is there a comeback player type award? Before. But There's, like, he's basically true. yeah, he'll get like in all the blogs after the uh, season's over, yeah. right? Yeah, the the way yeah. this is going. Is is there an argument to be made for this crappy? playoff system like if you if, if you were to make the best and i do think it's crappy and they should scrap it but if you were to make an argument that this uh like if like the number one argument you could probably make for this particular system is um is it not that winning your division actually matters right like um yes and no uh here's why so it, it does matter but i will say this like look at the Pacific Division this year, right? Mm-hmm. So right now, if you sort by points percentage, the four playoff teams would be one Vegas, two Calgary, three Los Angeles, four Edmonton. Yeah. So the way that it's going to work is, or, or sorry, but Edmonton would hypothetically be four, but no, Edmonton misses the playoffs because they're a wildcard team. So Vegas wins the division, and they get their first round series against. Right now, it would be the Dallas Stars. Yeah, that's true. Dallas Stars, sort by point percentage. Point percentage. Yeah. And so you're Vegas, and you're looking at Calgary's matchup with Los Angeles, and you're thinking to yourself, "I kind of wish we were playing the Kings." You know. So, in the East, it matters. All I'm saying is, if you're the Golden Knights, you're like, "Well, if Calgary passes us, so be it." You know, that's that's at least that's how I would feel if I were them. So, like. That's maybe that's just me, but that's that, that's how I would look at it. Or let's just say now, if 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 Edmonton winds up being the four seed and, and LA is the three seed, and it's just all Pacific Division. If you're Vegas, you're like, well, I don't like. Yeah, Edmonton's got some problems, but if McDavid and Drysaddle are both on a heater at the same time, which that's what's the first month in a bit when the others were racking up wins, um, is that something you want to deal with if you're the Golden Knights? Probably not. Whereas, okay, the Kings, like, they, you know, they're a nice player, young team, up and coming, blah, 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 blah. I think we'd rather play them. So there are scenarios where winning your division may not be as good as it would present in the Eastern Conference, put it that way. 
Yeah. Let's talk about the West for a little bit. Um, Cause as right as we pretty much were, and we were nearly hundred percent right uh, in the Western, in the Eastern conference, the Western conference. Now there's a little bit of time left in the Western conference. Cause we don't necessarily know uh, all of the playoff teams right now, but uh, from our preseason predictions, who oh boy, were we were uh, right now. I have two of the playoff teams, correct. And you have three, uh, two of which are the same ones that two of which are the same ones that I picked, uh, and the two the two that I got right were the two dead nuts on. So I'm not really patting myself on the back on the two the two like lock playoff starts for the Western Conference when this season started were Vegas and Colorado. Those were the two I got right. The rest currently <laughs> not in playoff spots. So uh, yeah, and the other one that you got was you have you had St. Louis and a wild card, which they are somewhat clinging to, but uh, I think they will likely end up being one of the wild card teams from where i'm sitting right now but um i mean yeah i guess i didn't no neither of us had the neither of us had the flames uh we both had yeah we both edmonton's gonna get in yeah do you think the flames are gonna fly yeah i think i think uh, from where the flames i I think stay in i think edmonton makes it and one of the kings or stars drops out yeah maybe so you think like in that scenario uh that means that so, yeah, do you think Edmonton ends up passing uh, Calgary, or what do you think on that one? Oh, no, I, so, I, so I think it winds up with, uh, I think the, the eight teams wind up being Golden Knights, Flames, Kings, Oilers, Avalanche, Wild, Predators, Blues. I think. Those so in this scenario, do you think uh, Connor McDavid's coming to Colorado for round one? That is what I believe will wind up happening, yes. Very interesting, very interesting. Can't say I agree with that, but even with Connor McDavid, the Avalanche should probably dust yeah, the I don't, Edmonton Oilers. If I'm, if, I, if I'm the Avalanche, I'm not terribly stressed about that scenario. No. Um, but yeah. you, you, you think that the, like, I don't know, because to me it comes down to the Stars and Oilers. I don't think Winnipeg is getting there. And no. Like, and it, you like the Ducks? Like, do you think the Ducks are the team? Uh, I, well, I mean, they've played more games than anybody else and they are clinging. So no, like they, like Calgary and Edmonton both got six games on Anaheim. Right. So no, the ducks probably fall out and, I, and the ducks like what they got a plus four they're, goal they're, differential they're right now. Right. Yeah. To me, if, if I'm a ducks fan and all of a sudden, if, if a few losses start happening here, heading into yeah. the deadline, I'm not super sad about it. Let's just yeah. make this the lid. Like, because right now, if they say, oh, yeah, we're just going to keep Manson and Lindholm and Raquel and sort of yeah. see how it goes. And, and Zegris has a crazy guys. highlight reel or like once a month sort of a thing, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. But like, I just mean from a, a long-term uh, management perspective, mm-hmm. a bunch if, if they keep Lindholm, Manson, and Raquel and then lose them for nothing this summer, that's obviously suboptimal. You want to trade those guys now and get stuff. You would think if I'm if I'm a Ducks fan, that's what I would want. Yeah, the uh, I mean, it's just crazy. Basically, if you have if you have a if you have a plus goal differential, you have a playoff spot right now. Like it's the only team that has a plus goal differential that does not currently occupy a playoff spot is the Edmonton Oilers, who only have a plus four uh, goal yeah. differential. Which you know, the Ducks, and, the Ducks are plus four in six more games. 
Yeah, and, and the Ducks are plus four in six more games, exactly. So you expect Edmonton to pass them. And Los Angeles is plus six in five more games, right? So, like, those those two teams I likely. Kings are, I think the Kings are better than the Ducks. Than the, than the Ducks. I can say, having an up-close look at both of those teams throughout this year, that, yes, the Kings are better than the Ducks. Not particularly scared of either one of those teams in a seven-game series, but, you know, which is why I think we need to make it so neither of those teams have a second-round game, which is uh, would currently be the thing because they would end up playing each other. But as as you suggested, I think well, that again, Edmonton's going to pass them. It's, if you dash your point percentage, it'd be Calgary yeah. and LA. Yeah, and I would very, very, very much like Calgary in that particular series. Yeah, I think I think that I think uh, that's the scenario for the sure. West? Who in the so Colorado's obviously the the, the top team in the West. Probably going to win the pre, probably going to win the President's Trophy. I, I would, think I would bet. Yeah, uh, but there's the, the there's a bit of a wild card with the Golden Knights, whereas mm-hmm. they're going to get eight player. Yeah, someone's coming off the roster. And we don't know who. Yeah, uh, and and Vegas does have the mental edge over Colorado. I will say that those two big they got two games with them some coming up in February. Both off to, both off on the second half of back to backs against Dallas. So I, like, there's a very good oh, chance really? Vegas. Yeah, there's a very good chance because like those that. games. I, I, wish, I wish I wish that we could watch those games with sort of the teams at full strength. But no. yeah, but uh, no, it's not going to be. It's it's going to be the the Avalanche or the the Avalanche play two games in Vegas in February. Those are the only two games they have left against Vegas. Vegas beat them earlier this year in Colorado, which so far is the most damning loss of the season. Although it did happen in the first ten games when the Avalanche started four and six, and since then they are twenty two and two. Right, so. Uh, to harken it back to something, I do believe you were saying, "Oh man, you were you were kind of concerned with the four and six, And I believe someone was saying to you, man, "Yeah, this is, these are elite results. There's elite players. It's, it's going to be fine." You're right. I, I was panicking a little bit. There. Now that said, the special teams for Colorado is frightening. It's frightening. It is not good enough to win a Stanley Cup, even even though and they yeah, might have well, like that's that's the good thing with the Leafs. They're currently first in power play and third in penalty killing. Yeah, which is great. And then the Avalanche power play is – it's streaky, but it's still top ten, right? Like, now, you would like them to be a little bit – you would like them to be top five with the amount of firepower they got, but they're top ten. And their penalty killing simply has not been good enough. Now, they've killed off something like 17 of the last 18, so maybe they're finding their stride. But um, well, I, I find it – important killer is the goaltender. And the goaltending in the first half of the season – well, they're get, well. It, well, basically, they had a bad. Well, also their team, their team numbers. Because I see, like Jay Fresh on Twitter, will you know, who's a great Twitter account, but he'll flash all those team goaltending stats, and the Avalanche will end up, uh, you know, like twenty or lower when you flash the team goaltending stats. But I mean, that's not taking into the, uh, account the fact that they had uh, ten to fifteen games where they had to start uh, Eustace Annanen and uh, Jonas Johansson for a lot of those yeah. games, right? And so. When they got lit up for nine. Yeah, exactly. Right, like, and it's just. Or, or was it eight or not? It doesn't matter. It was. It was, eight. It was like eight to three or whatever. It was a dusting whatever. for sure. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they, they just needed to get a save. And, and the Avalanche have not had their full. Like they're doing this. They're probably going to win this President's Trophy. At no point in this season have they had a full lineup. Someone has been out, be it a suspension here or there, a injury here or there. A well, mostly injured. Like guys have been in, like and key guys have been in and out of the line. The only guy I think who's played all games for them has been Kadri, and that's it. Quite frankly, I think who's you know in the middle of a all-time career heater right now, right? Like the man, the Flyers are going to overpay him something fierce this offseason. Well, it's going to be bad. Is, he, I love Nazem Kadri. Me too. 
I know yeah. a lot of people harp on that trade as being a disaster for Dubas. And look, it has not gone well. You lost the trade. That's that's simple. That's they, just, they, oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. they have lost the trade. No question about that. Yeah. Although Kerfoot had a nice season this year. I know. I um, loved Alex Kerfoot. I was upset when he left, and I love Tyson Berry too for what he yeah. is. But yeah, now his that's the part of the trade that becomes awkward. Um, for sure. But I um, that deal was made when the entire league knew that Kadri had to be unloaded because yeah. of what had happened playoffs two years in a row mm-hmm. and it was just it was just too much and he had to go Plus, and he did it last year with the avalanche like he, he did it last year with the avalanche and maybe he was the maybe he's the difference maker against vegas right like Kadri had the modified trade and yes that's i think it's very very possible he was a different thing against vegas Kadri yeah. also had the modified no trade dubas tried the trade him for tj brody who was yeah who he's got there. now yeah and and yeah. he nixed it because he didn't want to play for another canadian market right yeah. yeah. Well, he he basically said I nixed it because I thought I might be able to stay with the lease, but I think Nas. Is it? Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I always I thought it was because he was like, if I'm getting out of here, I don't want to go to another Canadian market and deal with more well, of this BS. It's right? interesting yeah. that he on his modified no trade. Uh, I think he had six teams on it, and Calgary was one of them. Mm. One wonder if the other six teams were the other six teams. You know what I mean? Well, usually, usually when it's the modified no trade clauses, the, the modified no trade clause usually includes 10 teams, which is the seven Canadian teams. And then Buffalo, Arizona, uh, well, what's the See, other, if I were, if I were an team, team right? I wouldn't put Arizona on my no trade list. If my client made any money, True. Yeah. Like, they're not trading for him. Why would no. we <laughs> That's uh, usually but, it though, right? Yeah. Like, oh, it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It depends on the guy. Like, you know, there are some guys who have had like Felino, of course, had the full no trade and was happy to come to the least, but most guys yeah. dad didn't play for Toronto. True. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's usually a caveat, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> most guys don't have a dad to play for the least. Um, but the point, the point stands though, that, that the, the, the people harp on that trade, but he tried to make a better trade and couldn't, and he kind of just like sort of had to go with the option. Yeah. Either way, that trade's worked out fantastically for Colorado. They're not going to be able to afford to keep him, but no. Like, but like, do you do you want his next contract? No, that's and uh, no, and, I, and I like, like player, but do you want that deal? The answer is no. And the thing about the Avalanche is. Alex Newhook is going to get, he's not going to win, but he's going to get Calder votes this year and he's going to slide nicely into the second line. And then the third line, I don't know. They got Oscar Lawson's is going to be on the team next year. Right. And I'm just like, Ooh, cycle them out, baby. (laughs) Right. Are any of those guys going to put up a season that Kadri's putting up right now? No. Highly not high. not next year, but yeah. perhaps yeah. in the future while they're still yeah. on. Not while they're on their their entry levels, but it, when they're well, on their first deal afterwards, when they're making like three mil per, maybe. Being a good team with good players that you have to give money to is you just have yeah. to lose guys from time to time. Yeah, like like the Leafs lose Van Riemsdyk and they lose Bozak and they lose Gardner mm-hmm. and they, you know what I mean. Like there's been a lot of guys over the years where. You know they they've lost enough. Some of those contracts have not turned out well for their new signing teams, specifically. All, well, really all those ones with Bozak. Uh, but the point stands that that's just something that happens from time to time. Yeah. So that's what do you that's going to deal with? What do you think the Avs are going to have to give up to to get Claude Giroux? Because that, does that not seem like a fait accompli at this point? It seems like a, a, a good spot for him. Um, yeah. I think that it's a situation where you, you may have to give up the package that the Leafs did for Felina, which is a first, a fourth, and then another fourth to take some money. Hmm. Maybe, yeah. So I just—they don't have the first. So in lieu of the first, yeah. uh, could they give him a roster player? Not unless it's New Hook. 
Yeah, it would have to be Newhook, which just would not be smart, right? Like who like, else? Cause... Who else on the roster are the fly, are the Flyers taking? Yeah, that's true. Because I mean, like, maybe, maybe it's the twenty twenty three first. Yeah, it might have to be the twenty twenty three first, which. Because yes, like uh, when it comes to roster players, like who else? This is a shame, but why not? Because Giroux's the guy who does that dirty stuff in front of the net to score goals yeah. at the Abs. Nope. Like they get that from Landis Cog, but like why not get that from a guy who will be on your second line too, right? And like, yeah, I I could see it. And then I mean I don't know what Claude Giroux's next contract is going to look like, but there's a chance if he enjoys it being in Colorado, you could sign him to yep. maybe he gets one of those one year mercenary deals to come back again next year, right? Because they're going to be losing. Because uh, like, the big three that Colorado is going to lose are Burkowski, Nichushkin, and Kadri are all UFAs. Nichushkin you can maybe bring back. Burkowski is gone, and so is and Kadri is absolutely gone because. Um, and the thing that's going to suck for Kadri is that contract is going to be bad. Like it's 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 ultimately going to be bad. Not to say that Nazem Kadri is a terrible player. It's just he is the all time one of the all time great perfect second line centers. And his next contract is going to have him as a first line center, right? He's like, a guy that plays a rough and tumble style, and he's 31 mm-hmm. years old. And sometimes yeah. the guys that play like that, it just goes fast, you know? Yeah, they're true. And, so, and he's just, like I said, he's just maybe, a perfect number two, right? Faster, it's just not a gamble I'd want to take. Yeah. It's just interesting. Yeah, it's just very interesting. Yeah, I'm just, as far as Colorado goes, man, I don't, I just, I look at the teams that are in the, that are in the, Western Conference and the only and the teams that are in the playoffs and I realize it's hockey and weird shit happens and they could get this and that can happen but on paper the only team I should be worried about is Las Vegas right who will likely have the mental edge over them because I think Vegas is going to be three and zero against the Avalanche when the season's Plus, to- you know you, you say that we haven't seen Colorado sort of at the full at full strength so far this season. we haven't seen Vegas there either right no yeah but I mean Vegas's thing is like they're like I mean they're going to get Eichel back but I mean. They're not playing well. <laughs> like, they're, they're really not playing well. And they'll get Eichel. We'll see how that goes. But they're going to have to lose somebody off that yeah. roster to, to bring Eichel in, right? And now, I don't know, yeah. do they and, pull some... Unless yeah. something else gets hurt. There's all sorts of things that could happen between now and then. But yeah. I will say this. When, yeah, they, they, they've had some, some, some struggles relative to what you expect. They're still you know, moving along in a 620 point percentage, which is a little bit less than you think of them, but still not, yeah. not bad. Um, when... Like, but but when you when you, your your best forward becomes your second best forward, and third becomes fourth, and fourth yeah. becomes you know what I mean. It's Everyone true. bumps down a yep. spot in the lineup. That just it, just it just really improves your team, right? Yeah. When you can add a guy that oh yeah, this is our best player actually. You know what yeah. I mean? That just really. Improves. And that is one of the reasons I think is color like the one thing they haven't done in this new uh, era where the window to them to, has kind of been open to win a Stanley Cup is they haven't gone and got that deadline guy. Right. It's always been like like depth players like last year they went and got uh, Soderbergh and Nemeth and uh, Patrick Nemeth ended up being a guy that I would have if I could have like Thanos blinked him out of existence like snapped him out of existence I absolutely would because I like there's a very like there's an alternate universe where the Avalanche don't trade for Patrick Nemeth and they probably beat Vegas because Nemeth was in all time anchor in that Vegas and was directly responsible for like three goals in that series and like three goals in like big key spots too um it, it was it was I don't know for the like now I remember being upset, and we got the I got the answer as to why Patrick Nemeth was in the lineup in the last three games over Bowen Byram, which unfortunately is looking that's looking bad that Bowen Byram thing because I don't think he comes that's back this year. 
and I don't know. Very, very troubling, and I feel bad for the guy. And yeah, it just it just sucks. And this is not something that happens to hockey players as much anymore because we know about concussions. But it used to happen. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, there's the Brett Lindros example and the Joey Hitchin yep. example, where it kind of like mm-hmm. completely rails. Another Colorado rails. Avalanche draft pick. Uh, but it's not something that happens as much because we know about concussions now. We know about hey, if you suffer a bunch of these right in the roads of problems, we got to keep you out of this for a while and all this stuff. Um, but it's it's still something that happens and it sucks and I, I, I it just it it's just very very shitty and I hope for him that um, he's in a good space a year from now whether he's playing yeah. hockey or not you know yeah so I mean maybe there's and it's just man because like he was looking like he was gonna get Norris votes again or not Norris votes sorry uh, Calder votes at the beginning the Hazard are gonna have two guys booking for Calder uh, votes and stuff but like oh uh, and and pardon before that, quickly on the call before we get back to that. Ritz Sider looks like a goddamn megastar. Yeah, he does. He's playing, unfortunately, he's playing for the wrong team, and uh, <laughs> it's like, and I don't care for it. But yeah, he he looks looks like he's going to be the the runaway. Uh, uh, he should. Yeah, yeah he's going like, to be the runaway Zegris caller. Thing, like anyone who votes for Zegris is doing it off of watching Sports Center. Like if you're yeah, really, that's it. Yeah, because his over, his overlying numbers are not great. Zegris, like, like they are no, not great. He's but he's a rookie. Good. And he's yeah, exactly. You don't expect uh, rookie centers to be possession driving monsters. So I'm not I'm not yeah. blaming the fact that the the numbers uh, underlyings don't look great. But the boss cars looks good, and there's a so like if you vote for him third or second, sure. Yeah, but like it's just that should be Sider's award. Yeah, oh, well, absolutely, it should. And that and that's coming from a guy who doesn't care much for the Detroit Red Wings and their history of celebrated animal abuse. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, it just I, I'm I will say I'm I'm worried because like the Vegas has the mental edge over the Avalanche right now. They're gonna add Jack Eichel, and they got two games left of them, and they're both gonna be coming off a of back. To, they're playing something like the schedule when they play Vegas. It's something like Monday off. In Dallas, in Vegas, day off in Dallas, in Vegas, or something like that. So I'm like, that's that's bad. <laughs> like that's not bad. Like that's very bad, right? Like uh, there's a very good chance that they finish the season 0 and 3 against Vegas, and then when they if they meet them in the playoffs, it'll be like, oh, Vegas is you know beat them three times without their full compliment. Now they got Jack Eichel. Like how are the Abs gonna do this and that? And it's like ah. So upsetting. So upsetting. But, like, I just don't see – I like, again, it's freaking hockey. Everything is weird. But I would – at this point, you'd have to be stunned if one of the uh, – like, it would be – it would be pretty much a massive upset if one of Colorado or Vegas wasn't representing the Western Conference in the finals, right? I think it would be – I mean, it's hockey. It's hockey. Anything yeah, can happen, yeah. right, like, man? Like, like, like yeah. could, could we not see a situation where, like – Saros goes on a heat on not maybe not against both those teams. No. Saros, Saros should get Saros should get Besson votes. Um, yeah, he he certainly should. Well, Colorado has played Nashville three times this year. The one time they absolutely dusted them and chased Saros. The other time uh, Nashville won the game in. Um, in Nashville, no. Well, they won it in Nashville, but that was the that was the game where uh, right before the Avalanche had a bunch of like that was the COVID game where they had seven players scratched, uh, including the likes of like Kale McCarr and whatnot, scratched uh, ten minutes before the game started because of COVID. And they had the thing where it's like, should we play this game? And then they were like, yeah, I guess we will play this game, and they shouldn't have. So Nashville won that game, and then the other one was the four three overtime. Uh, with the phantom too many men on <laughs> thing. So I'll I could say I'm I'm not particularly worried about Nashville in a seven game series. I think you, I, like you, well, you say that all you want though. They yeah. have an elite goal. 
True. And yeah, Soros could get hot for sure. Series, shit yeah. could happen. What Always I mean, have like, a chance when you have a hot goal. Would I bet money? Would I bet on Colorado if the odds were even to win the series? Yes, but you yeah. have to like the scenario where oh man, Soros goes on a heater like that mm-hmm. exists. And you have to and you have it's to true. worry about it. Yeah. Well, they're not going to get that. Na- they'd have to get Nashville in the second round in order for yes. they would have to line it up from the second round. But and that'd be tough to see happening. But it could happen. Yeah. No, it's, it's very possible. I will yeah. say this: another team in the West that again I don't think would beat Colorado in a series, but th- this team is just different, so different than the franchise's history that I think it needs to be addressed. Uh, the up tempo, the up tempo Minnesota Wild. Like, yeah, they're actually yeah. They're, they're okay. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. they're okay. I think Colorado would be a better team than Minnesota, but that this is not the absolutely disgusting to watch version of the Wild that we've seen over the years. Is that this team's actually fun? Yeah, yeah, with a little Kirill Kaprizov. Now, unfortunately, uh, this might be Minnesota's one shot to do something before the well, hammer drops in the next two years, that's, right? Well, that's yeah. why you think Minnesota. Do you like? Do you like? You know, try to make some moves now. And I gotta, I gotta go after this because I've got kids to put to bed. Yeah. But uh, you try to, do you try to make some moves now because hey, this is kind of our last shot here. Or do you hold on to your gra- draft picks like grim death because oh, we need cheap players because we're about to get hammered with the buyback or these. Uh, <laughs> that's these true. Buyback, yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, we've, we've been going on for a little bit, so uh, we'll, we'll we'll get out of here. The one thing I do want to mention, I won't go over all of our because we placed about uh, bets on about half the teams in the league for the over under. Some of which are looking good, some of which are looking bad. But I would just like to point out our number one with a bullet. Dead nuts on make this bet that we said. Like mortgage your house, whatever you can do, get all the money you can. This is the dealer holding a six. And you absolutely know that there's a 10 underneath there and another 10 coming. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens under 98, or sorry, 89 and a half points was our we could, all, we could all time. Yeah. We could triple Montreal's total current total and still be okay. Yeah. <laughs> like they could triple what they did in the second half. And, we'd still and we fine. would still be like 20 <laughs> points clear. And it's like, wow, what an all time. Like one that I actually did place a bunch of money on was the Islanders under. And I'm feeling good about that too. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We had the Islanders under 99 and a half, even though we both picked them to make the playoffs. We just were like, this team's not cracking a hundred points. Right. Like, yeah. And, and there was a very, there's a world where you could have 93 points and make the playoffs and not have 99. That's yeah. What I thought was. Yeah, we got the either. Yeah, we got the Devils under. We got the Arizona under, which is great. We kind of believed in Ottawa though, because we took the Ottawa over. So that you know, I'm like, there's one that we <laughs> whoopsied on a little bit there. In a row where they started out like hot garbage and then played better a little bit afterwards. So we'll see yeah. How they play. Exactly. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. So that is it for this on our uh, little NHL uh, part season catch up there uh, podcast. Uh, crossover podcast available at the crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossover podcast, and iTunes. Please rate and subscribe. Five stars only. Uh, we're also on Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher, and pretty much any podcatcher that you might happen to be using out there. Um, leave us a review on any of those. And as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the crossover podcast. That'll be it for this week. Next week, we will likely be pulling double duty because Bill and Craig, you will be returning to discuss the ultra, triple, mega, Noah Racy, super duper, mega, ultra, Super Bowl props pool that we do and bet on every year. It's one of the most fun podcasts of the year. And the other one that we do, uh, we'll we'll likely be doing is I'm probably going to get a couple guys to come on because I got to talk about this Boba Fett show. Have you been keeping up with the Boba Fett show, Craig? Have not. Have not? I... (laughs) I'll tell you this. Did you, how many did you? How, how many have you seen so far? Just the first one. 
just the first one and you kind of bowed out or are you going to yeah. return to it do you think I, I may return but i just wasn't super juiced by it it's it's not juicy but i will say they did something i've never seen and, and like i do you want can i spoil this for you like would you be super upset if you like not that, I, not that i'd be upset but... i won't i won't spoil any plot points but i will say seven episodes We've seen six of them. The finale's next Wednesday. The last two episodes have been episodes of The Mandalorian. And they've been fantastic. They The last two episodes have featured zero Boba Fett. We've been hanging out with Din Djarin and his cast of awesome characters that we love from The Mandalorian, including uh, Ahsoka Tano and Baby Yoda slash Grogu. And it's been great. And it's just insane because there's never been a television series in the history of television shows, Craig, where you could have a format like this, where you have four... Like one really good, two kind of mediocre, and one really bad episodes of a show about Book of Boba Fett, and then completely abandon all of the characters in those first four episodes for to spend time with all the characters from another more better television show, and the show instantly becomes more enjoyable. It's fucking wild. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know. They just never should have done a Boba Fett show. I guess they just should have just kept doing the Mandalorian, which they will do because the Mandalorian is water, water Star Wars bread and butter right now. It is, period. Like, like Boba Fett has been Wally pipped by by Din Djarin, and I think they just have to accept it, and that's it. And that's all I'll say. I got I got a lot of uh, Star Wars opinions coming on another episode, but that's it. Craig, great talking to you, catching up on the NHL. Good luck to your Leafs going forward, and uh, we're just kind of waiting for the playoffs to start with our two teams. I think, hopefully, we get there. Knock on wood, without uh, any. Uh, elicitous things happening and maybe my avalanche can add a little Claude Giroux and maybe Bowen Byram comes back. Here's hoping, probably not, but here's hoping. Uh, anyway, take care and we'll talk to you next time on the crossover podcast. See you next time, everybody.